Section 2. The Conditions Necessary for the Apologetic Task Chapter 7. Three Arguments Against Presuppositionalism God's Word has been seen to be foundational to all knowledge. It has absolute epistemic authority, and it is the necessary presupposition of all knowledge which man possesses. All our knowledge must be a receptive reconstruction of God's primary thoughts. The Lord is the originator of all truth. God's word must then be taken as the final standard of truth for man. Those who would feign intellectual self-sufficiency and refrain from presupposing the word of Christ in Scripture are led into foolish ignorance. One must begin with Christ in the world of thought, or else surrender any hope of attaining knowledge about himself, the world, or God. This has been the testimony of Scripture as we have examined it in our previous studies. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but the foolish despise wisdom and instruction. Proverbs chapter 1 verse 7. In Christ are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Colossians chapter 2 verse 3. John Calvin recognized this biblical outlook and made it foundational to his institutes of the Christian religion. Nearly all the wisdom we possess, that is to say, true and sound wisdom, consists of two parts, the knowledge of God and of ourselves. But while joined by many bonds, which one precedes and brings forth the other is not easy to discern. In the first place, no one can look upon himself without immediately turning his thoughts to the contemplation of God, in whom he lives and moves. Again, it is certain that man never achieves a clear knowledge of himself unless he has first looked upon God's face and then descends from contemplating him to scrutinize himself. Book 1, Chapter 1, 1 With good reason, the ancient proverb strongly recommended knowledge of self to man. For it is considered disgraceful for us not to know all that pertains to the business of human life. But since this precept is so valuable, we ought more diligently to avoid applying it perversely. This, we observe, has happened to certain philosophers who, while urging man to know himself, propose the goal of recognizing his own worth and excellence. But knowledge of ourselves lies first in considering what we were given at creation and how generously God continues his favor towards us, to bear in mind that there is nothing in us of our own, but that we hold on sufferance whatever God has bestowed upon us. Hence, we are ever dependent on Him. It behooves us to recognize that we have been endowed with reason and understanding so that, by leading a holy and upright life, we may press on to the appointed goal of blessed immortality. Book number 2, Chapter 1, 1 These are the opening words of Book 1 and Book 2 in the Institutes. Calvin considered it necessary to presuppose God's word in both the knowledge of God the Creator as well as in the knowledge of God the Redeemer. To know about anything pertaining to the business of human life, whether touching upon creation or salvation, one must reject the autonomy promoted by pagan philosophies and submit to the truth of God and admit utter reliance upon Him for the origin, direction, and enabling of our use of reason. In short, Christ must have the preeminence, Colossians chapter 1 verse 18, even in the world of thought. With such a perspective, Calvin activated the most significant and blessed reform of Western church and culture that modern history has witnessed.
It is not surprising that the biblical and reformed principle of presupposing the word and authority of Christ in the world of thought and making it foundational to all knowledge would strike us as dogmatic or absolutistic. We live in a culture which has for so long been saturated with the claims of intellectual autonomy and the demand for neutrality and scholarship that this ungodly perspective has been ingrained in us. Like the supposed music of the spheres, it is so constant and we are so accustomed to it that we fail to discern it. It is common fare and we simply expect it. No wonder then that the epistemological position of biblical and reformed thinking stands out in stark contrast. It challenges the status quo, demands a reorienting of our lives and thoughts, and threatens to turn the world upside down. It appears dogmatic and absolutistic because it is dogmatic and absolutistic. The Christian should not be ashamed of this fact. He ought to have the humble boldness to tell a lost world that the Christian message is unconditionally true and the necessary presupposition of all thought, absolutistic, that Christ's gospel demands repentance, including a change of mind and that God's Word has definite doctrinal content, which is authoritatively revealed directly from above, dogmatic. Of course, the biblical outlook is not dogmatic and absolutistic, in the derisive sense often attributed to these words. The Christians claim that all thought requires the presupposition of Christ's Word is not arrogant, unreasoning, or unfounded. Another criticism leveled at the position of biblical presupposition is that, if knowledge can only be attained by first presupposing the authoritative word of God, then unbelievers are deprived of all knowledge. They cannot be said to know anything, even about the most elementary facts of experience or truths of science. And that seems clearly absurd, for surely some of the best scientists in the world have been unbelievers. How then does presuppositionalism explain that non-Christians know certain things? A third argument advanced against the presuppositional outlook is that it would prevent any meaningful discussion or argumentation with the unbeliever. There would be no common ground upon which such argumentation could commence. Being deprived of knowledge, the unbeliever could have nothing to contribute or learn from a discussion with a Christian. That is, until the unbeliever is converted, there is no use in talking to him. Of course, all these attacks upon the position of biblical epistemology rest upon either misunderstandings or incomplete information. In the course of the subsequent studies in this series, we shall consider the three major criticisms of presuppositionalism from the perspective of scriptural teaching. It will become apparent that the biblical position in epistemology is not unfounded and arrogant, that it guarantees, rather than deprives, the unbeliever of a knowledge of the truth, and that it is the only ground upon which argument with unbelievers can be carried on. A preview of our treatment can be given here in closing from the words of Cornelius Van Til. Believers themselves have not chosen the Christian position because they are wiser than others. What they have, they have by grace alone. But this does not mean that they accept the problematics of fallen man as right. Fallen man does, in principle, seek to be a law unto himself, but he cannot carry out his own principle to its full degree. He is restrained from doing so. 
In spite of what he does against God, he can and must work for God. Thus, he is able to make a positive contribution to human culture. A Christian Theory of Knowledge, New Jersey, Presbyterian and Reformed, 1969, pages 43 and 44.